Good evening, TC, and welcome all to our weekly podcast, Terry Curran's The Curran View, the Order of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. And if you're listening free to the first half on either Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via either Apple or become a Patreon, all the W's.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Curran View or on Facebook, The Current View, or join the group, which is over 3,000 members strong. Now, thanks so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Steady away, TC. I'm doing this tonight in the front room, watching Blues with the uh, sound down, and my mad kitten to my right-hand side, who's absolutely crackers. Well, I'm in the room for a change. I've got a bit of cult coming on. Um, I've got... got, uh, volume down so <coughs> we're both in um, same predicament tonight so good yeah you're sounding a bit rough so what game are you watching birmingham's birmingham's got one nil up have they yeah <laughs> i'd tell you you're watching but um i'm just watching the build-up now so oh no poor hold on i'll just talk it looks like chong back flick that fella from west ham on loan and uh, yeah you're absolutely spot on is it Scotty Hogan? Yes, yeah, Scotty. He's on fire at the moment, isn't he? It just shows you what John Eustace has done. He's called him in from the cold. He's a player that's always scored goals at whatever level that he's played. He's been um, loved and he's absolutely loving scoring goals at St Andrews and elsewhere for Birmingham City. So, yeah, Blues, you're right. have gone one up against how, Swansea steady away. How long have I been telling you about I mean, I've seen it. I've been at enough yeah, football absolutely. clubs. I've yeah. been at enough football clubs to see it. Yeah. Madison is playing as well as anyone uh, in midfield. Yeah. And he's not getting a look in. And you're a big uh, advocate for him to to, to go. Yeah. Um, but Southgate don't fans him, and that's. Yeah. I, I tell Jock and I tell Tom. You know, they'll say uh, it must be a bad player. They can't get. It. I said, Jock, it's nothing to do with he's a good, bad, or indifferent player. If that manager or that coach does not like you, for some unknown reason, you're never going to get in. Choose how hard you work and how hard you try. But you have to work hard because you never know who's watching you. Absolutely spot on. And Gareth does pick his 26. He can name any 23 in a match day squad. But he's got the luxury of taking three extra players. I'm guessing I'll take three injured players rather than three fit players. And my guess, if I was a betting man as well, I wouldn't... You'll take six full-backs. Yeah, we'll do, yeah. We'll take as many as what he possibly can. Unbelievable. Uh, That is is not only unbelievable, it's completely stupid. It is, yeah. How long are they there for? A month? Uh, Yeah, about a month. And then it starts on the Uh, 20th. So you're going to take six, and that's what he'll do, six full-backs. Yeah. Right. Never mind you can play here, you can play there. Three's enough. Mm. Three's enough. Well, usually what you do when you're picking your squad... I forgot to say this cat. Honest, I, 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 the, since we've had this cat, I do have a bit of sympathy for Kurt Zuma. Honestly, this, this damn little kitten is a beautiful thing, but he's an absolute nut job. He's... Scratching the telly. He loves to get up on the by the telly and watch the football. But, yeah, I mean, in old money, what you used to do is you took two players for every position, 
didn't you? So, you know, you'd have three goalkeepers because that's what you <laughs> take, three goalkeepers, and then two right-backs, two left-backs. Well, being funny, why would you need three goalkeepers? Well, they take the goalkeeper. I know, but I, I understand what you're telling me. I understand what yeah. anybody tells me. Yeah, but yeah, why yeah. would you take three goalkeepers? Well, I, I suppose, um, and you're right. Because... You tell me, one football club or one world, one world team, national team, yeah. what goes, and barring giving, if they're qualified, giving that uh, backup goalkeeper a game, mm. how many times do you see goalkeepers get uh, are injured? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, 1970, Gordon Banks when Banks Peter, couldn't... Uh, I tell you what, Peter, Peter, they were told a lot, but... Uh, no, Benetti, Benetti, was was playing in goal. But say, Benetti, yeah. Yeah, say, for instance, Peter Benetti then got injured and Gordon Banks had got food poisoning, they wouldn't have had a goalkeeper. So yeah, but, I guess that's yeah, why they take three Let goals. me tell you about all that. Yeah. And there would be a little bit to that, which is true. Yeah. Right? Probably South America, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But in general, right, they'll give any excuse he's got a slight knock because, you know, we're going to give They're just giving him a rest. Yeah. Why do people fall for it? I don't know. I just do not know. There's no reason to take three goalkeepers. You know, that's my opinion. Yeah. Everybody else has a different opinion. Mm-hmm. But again, going back to with this squad, he's able to take 26, not 23. So... Um, and again, I think you're absolutely right. It will it will go top heavy on defenders rather than if a, a manager who do, I mean you look at Brazil for instance. Brazil have always already named their 26, and it really is top heavy with forwards. And you look at Brazil, you think, wow, some of the forwards that they've got to pick with and from. But again, the different you know philosophies the difference of managers. On, on that, but you know the difference on that, don't you? It's like Manchester City. Yeah, yeah. You know when you can dominate and yeah. keep the ball? Absolutely. You know, that's why they have forwards and midfield players. Yeah. The reason why the, and it's, it's the English coaches, uh, and yes, we had, uh, we've had foreign coaches, but Capello is a defensive coach anyway. Italians yeah. have always been defensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so... That is, you know, that's what it is. Uh, English coaches are more fearful of, of getting beat three or four nil, and they don't want to get embarrassed. Absolutely. No, everybody has a different opinion. Yeah. You know, I've seen it. I have seen what they do. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. And 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 in this manager, he's um, he's gone into tournaments and. Uh, He's woke. I'm not. I'll, I'll yeah, say anything. He's woke. Yeah, he absolutely. You know, he does what the he does what the politically correct wants him to do. Absolutely, and he's demonstrated that he's a very negative manager. He always will play for. A, I wouldn't say he plays for a draw, but he's very cautious. He's very conservative, and my opinion is England will never win anything under Southgate. And I would have sacked him by now. Never been a Southgate fan. Never will be. My shape would be James Madison, not just would be on the plane, but he would be in the starting eleven. But I'm guessing that he won't be taking him. But again, we will know on Thursday at two o'clock when Southgate names his England squad. Magic moments, TC. What have you sourced for us this week? There's been some fabulous moments. And of course, uh, FA Cup round one as well, which was very exciting. There's been some great uh, 
magic moments really. I don't know there is every week to be honest. Yeah. That hammer on had a third third or fourth goal that yeah. passed through were absolutely sublime. Uh, but I'm going for uh, Tillemans against my old club Everton. Brilliant. Where he's he's got everything right. He's flicked it up, got his body in line with it, and he's is it is it a volley? The the keeper in the world could have saved it. Yeah. Do you, you think know, that, everything about it was sublime? Do you think he's going for his own goal of the season? Because um, yeah, it looks as though he has scored some crackers. He looks like the Tillyman's goal of the season. <laughs> And any right, he scored some spectacular goals. I think he's a tremendous footballer as well. Oh, he's uh, a good performances, got to say, well done to uh, Aston Villa, beating uh, Manchester United three-one. Very composed performance, bossed it from the get-go. It does help when you go two goals up early doors. I get that in games. Villa have started strongly, haven't scored, and as the game's gone on. His cat's eating me books. <laughs> well, the, the, since, since Gerard went, um, they've won two out of the three. Yeah. You know, a 4 0 and a 3 1 uh, and got beat 4 0 up at Newcastle. Newcastle are playing exceptionally well at the moment in time. Absolutely. But you wouldn't think, you wouldn't think uh, a team of Gerard's, a, a team who Gerard managers or coaches, uh, wouldn't want to play for him. But it looks as though that uh, yeah. some of those players definitely didn't want to play for him. It certainly looks a different Aston Villa um, under Unai Emery. Uh, what's his name? Unai Emery, that's his right yeah. name, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Who had a decent spell, let's be truthful, when he was manager of Arsenal. But again, it's different levels, isn't it? Arsenal under Wenger were always in the Champions League. They were always in FA Cup finals. I, th- I think he won. Arsenal won seven FA Cups under Arsene Wenger. So, you know, Probably they were spoiled. No, I don't. I think you're right. I don't think they did. And, and that's what happens when a legend leaves. Same with Sir Alex Ferguson. It's very difficult for the, the, the next managers coming in because the expectation is, is just so much greater. Well, how do you better it isn't. How well, do you better Ferguson's record? You don't. I mean, Cluffy had that problem at Leeds when Don Revy said, well, well how do you, you better what I did? And and there is a grain of truth. How do you better what managers, legendary managers, have done? And it's very, very difficult. I also uh, picked uh, Yuri Telemann's goal um, for Leicester against Everton. Great result for, for Leicester, by the way. Connor Wickham's goal from the halfway line for Forrest Green in, oh. in the FA Cup. And also I'd like to give a special mention to Alverchurch, who beat Cheltenham away 2-1 and have now drawn Forest Green away in the second round uh, proper of the FA Cup. I'm, I'm guessing that will be a TV game because they are the, the lowest-ranked side still left in there, Alverchurch. A brilliant uh, result in a local derby, almost, Alverchurch and then... Uh, Cheltenham. I'm guessing that Marcus wasn't very happy. I ain't heard from him, but um, Cheltenham would be very sore to be knocked out. But Alfchurch were good value for that result and, and look a decent team. Yeah, you, you see, with, with the FA Cup, you know there's always going to be shocks. Mm-hmm. But there's, there'll, there'll be more shocks to, uh, in today's uh, FA Cup game because everybody thinks the Liverpool or thinks the Manchester City or Man United that they can drop and change the team. Even yeah. at that level. Yeah. You Abs- know, so. Absolutely. 
And, you know, my, what managers got to look at is you're only as good as your last game, you know. Any yeah. manager. Yeah. Any manager. So what I would be doing if I was a manager and I were playing and I were playing Alvarez, if he got beat by playing his best team, well, at least I've, I've given it a go. Which yeah. I, you know, because at the end of the day, you'll still get the sack whether you play a weak team or a full team, full strength team. Absolutely. I mean, we've covered this many times on the podcast where you, you look at the league championship in old money and we still call the league championship the Premier League. So when you win that, you are the champions of England. There's only one team that can win that. Now, the next best thing is the FA Cup and then the League Cup in our domestic competitions. Yeah, I get that some clubs are playing in Europe, so they've got the Champions League, the Europa League and this Conference League now. But for the life of me, I cannot understand why teams do not put a full-strength side out in the cup competitions because as a footballer, that's realistically the only thing that you can win is a cup because the league's almost sewn up because Man City are that good. If you look, if you look at the League Cup and the FA Cup, mm. right? I mean, Swindon got to that cup final. Southampton's got that. Other yeah. teams have got... You know, I bet you if you look at this last 20 years, mm. or since Premier League, I don't think there's been a... Um, or there may have been one, if that. What's got to a final? A League Cup final or an FA Cup final? Yeah. Whereas before, you know, early 70s, 60s, Mm. Teams have got chances now. I mean, like Sheffield Wednesday will go and play a weak team against another non-diplume team type of thing. You know, you'd think they'd go for a good cut run, get some more money behind them, get the yeah. momentum going, get the atmosphere going. Uh, and the clubs, you know, the fans, if the fans are happy, you know, the players will be happy. They don't want to be playing under pressure when fans are moaning and groaning. Absolutely, and, and as a football player, you're, you know, you set out to play football uh, at you the highest level. Win. Listen, I, I guarantee you, at Doncaster Rovers, yeah. we know we're not going to win it, but yeah. I'll guarantee you, we, we, I know I did, and I know other players in that team, and not everybody, because everybody's different. The yeah. players in that team will think that they can win the FA Cup. Yeah. And I know it's down in, nearly impossible to do it. Mm. But, Having that belief uh, that you can win it is a good thing to have. Absolutely, and and you know every every kid sets out on that mission, on that journey of winning something and playing in a cup, a cup final. final and, and playing to, at Wembley. Absolutely, you know. to have that taken away must be so frustrating for the player. Um, because I, I play for 15 years yeah. professional football. Mm. And I, I think I got knocked out. But it's only when I'm all lower down. Yeah. First round. And it's so disheartening. When cup comes back round again and you're not in at everybody else is playing and you're not. Yeah. But this league is a, is a game every week, isn't there? Yeah, but again, if, if, if we roll it forward now, Terry Curran that played in the 1979 uh, League Cup final for Southampton against Nottingham Forest uh, wouldn't have got there because Southampton would have uh, rested Terry Curran in the League yeah, Cup. I wanted to other players. You're right, 100%. Yeah. So the game, the game now is uh, is even worse for footballers because it's just that trying to stay in the Premier League with all the money that's involved. 
and it just knocks the shine well, they've off brought, it. They've, they've brought that attitude yeah. into our game where, like, at school sports, mm. it's not about winning, it's competing. Yeah. You know, um, and they've brought that mentality into our sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's weird how it's all uh, switched and gone the other way. Absolutely. Let's switch and have it go back the other way. Whereas every game that we play, we want to win. It's competitive. Yeah, absolutely. The Cups are just as important as the league. And in many instances, the Cups are more important than the league because you've got a chance of winning the Cup. You've got next to no chance of winning the league. So let's hope that in the FA Cup uh, this year, we do start playing stronger sides. And I've said it before on the podcast, when you're playing a, a lesser side as well, for them players to be playing against a full-strength Liverpool or Man United team and rubbing shoulders against them players, they deserve it. They've gone through games of football, they've scraped through, they've battled through, they've won through. They deserve to have that moment that some of them players will never have that moment ever again in their career. It is their cup final. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we've mentioned it on on, on, on our podcast before that... uh, Alan Ball put a piece of turf into my uh, Wembley turf into the tanker we got. He said, put, put that in your gown because you may never get here again. And you, you're right about every, You know, you may never get a second chance at anything. Yeah. And again, it's that experience of a, an older pro like Borley that's seen it. And, you know, and, and that's why it's so important to have them older pros and listen to them because they are right. And you can't put an old head on a young pair of shoulders. But uh, Book Corner TC in association with myfootballbooks.com. Andy always sends us uh, his recommendation. And this week, his recommendation is Tony Waddington, director of A Working Man's Ballet by John Leonard. I had the pleasure <coughs> a couple of years ago of cutting a podcast with, uh, with John about the book and about Tony Waddington. And you can access that podcast on the usual platforms that you access your podcasts from but Tony Waddington what a football man what a football manager and on this day Wednesday the 9th of November 1924 Tony Waddington what the god was born Alan Hudson always says of Tony like a second father was manager of Stoke City for 17 years that will never ever happen again what a manager. Did you ever have any contact or any uh, dealings with uh, Tony Waddington too? Yeah, a few times at, um, uh, at Stoke uh, I come across him because obviously uh, when he'd be tired and that, he, was, he was always at the ground, always yeah. at the games. So, uh, yeah, lovely bloke, lovely, lovely bloke. And he, I love the way how his teams play football. Even with a, you know, uh, a team like Stoke, and having said that, when they brought players in like Banks and uh, Hudson, yeah. it, did, it gave them that little bit more uh, eliteness about them. But they did. They did try to play. Well, they did try. They did play some great football when uh, Hudson and them were there. They certainly did. off to a lot of them. You know, brilliant. Yeah, they certainly did and almost won the league championship. Well, in- 74-75 season and famously in the 73-74 season Alan Hudson's first goal for uh, Stoke City was against Leeds United well, what a good goal what a piece Swansea oh ok I've gone upstairs now I've been kicked out of the front room 
the wife has just come back from a Zumba and my television don't work. I was watching Birmingham the other night and the telly just, I thought Blues are playing some decent stuff and the telly just went blank. I thought, flipping marvellous, ain't it? But, but there you go. Uh, second <coughs> in, uh, in our trilogy this week is a podcast that I'm going to be making uh, in a couple of uh, weeks' time with Gary Edwards, author of this book, uh, Revy's Plan for Leeds United, Summer of 63. And on the front, there's a picture of Don Revy, Johnny Giles, or John Giles, and uh, Billy Bremner. John will be our star of the 70s a little bit later in the podcast. But what a summer that was in 1963. I'm looking forward to reading the book, to having a chat with Gary, who wrote the book, because that was when Leeds United... That spark happened, um, and what a spark, and what a what a that, that blue touch paper was lit there, and my word, what a touch paper to light. Reeves Leeds United, arguably to this day, still the greatest British side I've ever seen. Yeah, I must admit, uh, they were unbelievable. Mm. I, I think if 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 he'd have gone and got Gordon Banks, yeah, they'd have won. They'd have cleaned up. Mm. They'd have cleaned up in those ten, in those ten, twelve years when they were when they were successful. Yeah. I mean, so unlucky not to win a, a European Cup. Twice. So unlucky not to to win a double couple of more times. Yeah. So unlucky not to win an FA Cup more times, and so unlucky not to win a league, a league championship. They were a phenomenal team, and they were the best footballing team I saw up until you you know. Uh, your Liverpool's uh, under um, Shanks and, and Paisley, uh, Cluffy's football, Forest, Derby, but uh, they were they were brilliant. That 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 Bremner, Giles, Clark, Hunter, Charlton, Reaney, Cooper, uh, Bremner, Eddie Gray, uh, Mick Jones. And who was the other one? Peter Lorimer. Well, we could just name them one to eleven, couldn't we? Either Gary Sprake or then David Harvey, Paul yeah. Paul Reaney, Terry Cooper, uh, Jack Charlton, Norman Hunter, yeah. Peter Lorimer, Billy Bremner, John Giles, Eddie Gray, Mick Jones, and Alan Clark. That was their one to eleven. What a well, fantastic oh, side! Oh, what's up? Hey, oh, what's up? Um, well, Mick Bates was sub uh, quite yeah, often, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he sub a few times, Terry Yorath. Yeah, Terry Yorath was another sub. Um, Either, you know, they were the ones. And by the way, we missed one of the best players off. Who was that? Paul Mainly. Yes, absolutely. Paul Mainly was another one of Rolls-Royce and a player. In fact, Brian Little and Alan Hudson uh, both said of... of not debut, but certainly the first time that they played against Paul Maidley, almost felt like packing the game in because Maidley was just that good. Villa played Leeds United. Anywhere, in... anywhere, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. You know, in midfield, back four. Yeah, played, played, uh, well, it would have been centre-half when uh, Villa played against him. And uh, Brian Little said to me on the podcast that I've done, you can get all the podcasts that we've made on, if you become a patron, all the w's.patreon.com forward slash SRB media. And Brian says to me, I went home, I was in tears. 
I realised how difficult the first division was going to be. And, and, and people, fans and players, don't realise the difference in levels when you go up from that is now the Championship to the Premier League. And back then, in those days, the second division to the first division, and when you come up against class players like Maidley Leeds United in your first game, you think, oh my God, what a baptism. Yeah, yeah. When, and the thing is, a lot of that and all is... Uh... When you're playing against these, sometimes some players think that they shouldn't be on. No, they shouldn't be on the same pitch. Yeah. But they admired him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they admired him really. Idols, or they admire when they watch him on TV. They're fanboy, ain't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely. And the final book in the trilogy this week, again, uh, staying in the ballpark of Leeds United, nineteen sixty-three. Uh, he joined slightly before that. The Wee Barra, Bobby Collins, a book that's uh, written by David Safer. Bobby Collins, arguably the most instrumental football player ever to be signed for Leeds United If you club. think Billy Bremner and Johnny Giles were in hard, oh. he was twice hard and paired them put together. Yeah, and he was only about five foot three, five foot four yeah. maximum, wasn't he? <laughs> Great player, but... Oof. On that football field, he'd kick his mother near mind his dad. He'd kick his granny. Yeah. I mean, I remember listening to John on um, uh, on a YouTube clip, and, and he he said he'd, he'd have gone through his nan. That's yeah. that's what Bobby Collins was like. Lovely, lovely guy. Did you have much dealings with Bobby? Did you know Bobby? I played him one. Um, you know, on Sunday mornings. Yeah. When players retire. Yes. They have a what they call it when they're raising money. Charity game. Yeah, cha- charity. Yeah. Charity yeah. game. Um, and I played at Leeds. Right. Yeah. And I played. Oh, I forget what I'm playing for. But obviously, we're playing for Leeds old boys. Mm. Oh, and and he rattled me, and I thought, Jesus, what? You know, we had a game on Tuesday, but Jack said to me, "Have five minutes and come off." Yeah. But you don't. You see, you want to stop on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I've met him a couple of times, but I played against him only in a, in a charity match. And I'm telling you, he, he even took that, that serious. Yeah. Players don't lose that streak, do they? You no. know, when they go, that oh, it's a friendly. Is. I'm sorry. There's no yeah. such thing. With a player like Bobby Collins, there is no such thing as a friendly or a charity. Training sessions, yeah, charity absolutely. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exhibition games. Yeah. They're the, those people are the same in any game. Absolutely. And they get frustrated with other players if you if they're not going to be uh, getting the mindset to it. Absolutely, Tiso. <laughs> so that's the uh, that's the the three books that we're uh, going to feature in Book Corner in association with my footballbooks.com and uh, just before we do leave that I want to give a special mention to A Marriage Made in Football the story of Graham and Jane Hawkins from Kirsty Hawkins who kindly sent me the book I'm uh, starting to read that I'm going to be cutting a podcast with Kirsty and while we're still on the uh, the book just before we go out into Strange But True I want to give a shout out to uh, a young lady Louise Cobbold Art. Now, I'm sure that you're not familiar with her. Is I... it, she, don't tell me uh, that's the daughter of the guy at Tipswich. 
I don't no. know. I have no. no idea. I don't think so. She's a Wolverhampton Wanderers supporter. No, so... he, was, he was the owner of Ipswich, but go on. Oh, okay. Um, she she drew the um the the picture on the uh, the front of of the said book, a marriage made in football. Because I wondered, I thought, well, these are clearly it's a painting. And um, so you follow threads, don't you, on social media? And it led me to Louise. I looked at her Facebook page, her art page, and it's like, oh, my days. There's a wonderful picture of Diego Maradona. There's one that she's just drawn of Yaya Toure. And I showed Tom and he said, that ain't a painting. That's a photograph. No, it's a painting, son. You're having me at it now. Her paintings are unbelievable. So have a look at the guys. Louise Cobbold. That's uh, two Bs. O-L-D art. Louise Cobbold art. Check her out. Check out her page. She does some brilliant sports people uh, drawings of, paintings of. And you can go onto a website and, and buy them. They're absolutely fantastic. And and that one of Diego Maradona, I would say 1982. It looked like Diego. Do you remember when he played in uh, Spain? Espania uh, 1982 World Cup. It looked yeah. as though it was... Uh, a painting of Diego from them days. Strange but true, TC. 12th of July, 1953. Hamburg's Volkspark Stadium, originally built in 1925, was refurbished and reopened with a game between Hamburg and Birmingham. The stadium is not actually in Hamburg, but in Altena. What's the connection with Birmingham and uh, I don't know. And I looked at that exactly what I thought. What's the connection with Birmingham and Hamburg? And I honestly don't know. But if you note, it does say Birmingham and not Birmingham City. Now, in those days, after the war, I think it was 1946. SRB Media. 